Welcome to the 1717 Podcast, a ministry of Roseville Baptist Church with Pastor Jackie Hill. There is no such thing as your truth and my truth. There is only truth and untruth. And Pastor Derek Ambrose. We have to stop searching for truth in our culture when God's already given us the answer. Jackie and Derek answer important questions with the truth of God's Word. In John 17, 17, Jesus prayed, Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Here's your host, Derek Ambrosen. Hello, everyone, and welcome into episode 75 of the 1717 Podcast. I'm Pastor Derek Ambrosen, and I'm joined by Pastor Jackie Hill. Jackie, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. I had um, this morning, I was on Twitter a little bit, and you know, Elon Musk you know, bought the Twitter, so... People that have been blocked uh, or, I guess, uh, banned from Twitter were back. And just seemed to be a lot more tweets and conversation uh, going on uh, more than normal. And I had some people not like things that I had posted, which is not abnormal. And um, tried to get into an argument with me. You know, uh, things were getting a little heated. And I've, I've got to the point now where I'm not unfollowing anybody or unfriending anybody. But if they're people that uh, are obviously just wanting to get into a fight, I just block them. And mm. so I had a lot of fun today blocking probably about about 20 people. Mm. Um, and so, but it was, you know, Twitter's a new place now. It's kind of interesting getting back on there. It's like, whoa, this is, this yeah, is quite a culture this is, shift. Yeah, this is, this is different. <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been off Twitter for quite some time. I messed around on there a little bit today. We'll, we'll see maybe, uh, you know, as, as the NFL draft season comes up, I was like kind of being on seeing what guys say, but uh, for the most part I'm off, but maybe if, there's a little bit of a swing uh, to not be insanely liberal. I, I may may jump on there a little bit more. I will say uh, a lot of people are asking, like, hey, are you guys getting more followers than normal and all these things? Or if you notice your followers going way up? And and I haven't. But, you know, maybe maybe our, uh, our, our 1717 podcast Twitter will go from about 40 followers to 60. Who knows? You yeah, know? <laughs> that, that, would, that would be huge. Just huge. But, uh, yeah, man, I, uh, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. A little tired. We had a... Uh, as you know, a youth uh, retreat this last weekend. Oh yeah, thanks for uh, taking my son. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a lot of fun. It was it was great, um, and yeah, I loved it. But uh, am am still recovering. I'm pretty tired. <laughs> Yesterday was I was tired. Uh, just wanted to nap all day. Today is a little bit better, but still there. So hoping hoping tomorrow really, uh, fill, <clears throat> excuse me, filled again with energy. But uh, praise God that uh, He is good and gives energy, um, even when it doesn't make sense to us. But I uh, want to get into an uh, episode of the day, Jackie, that you kind of uh, alluded to uh, regarding Twitter. So well done. But this is actually a question from uh, a student in my youth group, Brandon, who has just recently informed me that he's been binge listening to our podcast. Hey, uh, so, way to go, so Brandon. That's great. And um, he, be, be careful how you say that. I said that. way to go. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that was good. Be careful. Don't <laughs> want you swearing on the show here. Uh, but uh, yeah, Brandon, he uh, also said that uh, he loved listening to us because our voice were so our voices were so soothing. So uh, ooh, yeah, I know that's tough for me. I get a little raspy even right now. My voice is that way. I have to like really soothing. try not to. You you have that a little bit more than me, but uh, the, Brandon, the we appreciate that. Or the soothing, yeah, the uh, the, the soothing. <laughs> I uh, you know I, I'm more the raspy side, but. Anyway, so uh, Brandon asked this in an, in an email to us, and he asked, the, the title was, Should Christians Control Their Tempers and Avoid All Physical Altercations? Mm. And he says this, Hello, this is Brandon, Brandon from Pastor Derek's Youth Group. I wanted to know how Christians control their emotions when it comes to heated moments. This question stems from a race I watched a couple weeks ago. 
At Martinsdale, a driver by the name of Ty Gibbs is known for being a Christian from what he says in interviews, but after the race, he approached another competitor and got into a physical altercation. After the fact, on Twitter, he was being criticized by fans saying, quote, not very Christian, and, quote, what would God think about that? And it goes on. I would like to know how Christians should, should and do deal with these situations. Thank you for your time, and I hope it slides into a podcast sometime. Awesome question, Brandon. Yeah, that is a great question. I after yeah. reading, I was kind of surprised. Like, oh yeah, we're you know seventy five in and haven't haven't dealt with this one yet. We've talked about self defense before and yeah. carrying guns and stuff, but uh, actual fighting, anger, fighting. This, yeah. th- this was this was a good one. So the way Brandon that we're going to shape this one is is just with the question of is it wrong for Christians to get into fights? And we will talk about the different elements. Where does anger play into this? How do we respond? Should we retaliate? What is worth fighting for? Yeah. And so really, that's that's what we're going to cover in all this. So hopefully by the end of it, uh, we we knock out your question here. Right. And there's different kinds of fights, right? Yep. There's there's physical fights. There's verbal fights. There's Twitter um, fights. There's, so there's Twitter fights. You know, so there's social media online, virtual uh, fights. And so there's different fights. And, and I think we'll try to address all those. Yeah. So let's jump right into looking at what the Bible has to say about fighting. And, and Jackie, this first verse, I think, is a great place to start. And that's John 18, 36. And it says this, Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not from this world. So as Jesus is being delivered over to be crucified, this is, this is what he's talking about, that, you know, if, if I was the king of, or my whole kingdom was this earth, then absolutely all my disciples, all my followers, they should be fighting for me to crown me king, which if that were the case, that would have happened a while ago. We would have seen throughout his ministry, but he intentionally left so that wouldn't happen. But he tells his disciples, don't, don't fight for me. Don't fight here on earth for yeah. me in this way. I need to be delivered over so that I can accomplish the will of my father. And that's a key thing when we see, when Jesus talks about fighting, if we're to be like Jesus, we're, and this is the call of a Christian, then uh, starting there, I think, is pretty important. Yeah, and, and specifically, Jesus is, in context, talking about physical fighting. Yeah. Um, so trying to take over by force and uh, could, could involve in, in, not only fisticuffs, but, but, also, but, but also death and uh, going to war and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, right, and we, we see that with, with Peter when he gets, you know, uh, tries to retaliate, with cuts, a sword. Off, cuts yeah. off a man's ear, and, and Jesus <laughs> is like, yeah. you know, basically, like, dude, Chill, like, and then puts his ear back on casually. <laughs> right, another awesome miracle there. Yep. Um, so, a couple other passages uh, that we want to look at: Romans twelve uh, seventeen and eighteen. It says this: Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men, and if possible, so far as it depends upon you, be at peace with all men. And we see this idea of peace again in Hebrews twelve fourteen. And it says, strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. So God wants us to strive for that feet, that peace, to avoid fighting, if you will, and to really pursue this, this loving, uh, gracious, uh, peaceful relations as much as it depends on us, is what Paul said there in Romans 12. Yeah, I think Romans 12, 18, that, that exact part is probably one of my most quoted verses to the youth students <laughs> in different ways when yeah. they're fighting. Like, are, are you doing as far as it depends on you? Are you being peaceable with this person? It's usually, well, no, but they need to apologize. So, uh, yeah, I, that, that's a good verse to include in this one. Uh, James 3, 6 through 10 says this, And the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life 
and is set on fire by hell. Mm. For every species of beasts and birds, of reptiles and creatures of the sea, is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not be this way. Mm -hmm. So uh, clearly what the role of the tongue is, and this this is more speaking to that verbal Verbal fighting, fighting, and how often you you have this, really what James says, the one thing that can't be tamed by humans is our tongues and how we speak. And I think that that plays out very practically uh, just about every day in our lives. Yeah, letting anger control that tongue, and then boom, uh, we, we've done drifted off into sin. Yeah. Uh, Proverbs uh, gives us some some perspective as well. Proverbs twenty nine twenty two says, "A man of wrath stirs up strife, and one given to anger causes much much transgression." So, I'm um, kind of like what Brandon was talking about there about the fight um, from the uh, the racer uh, Ty Gibbs. Yep, uh, was that. Um, you know, he got angry, and uh, it, it was filter, a physical altercation. And the Bible going to say that 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 brings about transgression. That that's sinful. Uh, Proverbs seventeen fourteen says the beginning of strife is like letting out water. So quit before the quarrel breaks out. Mm-hmm. So when we let things build up, and then all of a sudden we we bust and burst and yep. blow up on somebody, and that's sinful. And whether it's physical or verbal or or uh, virtual, and then Psalm thirty seven. Verse 8, I love what this says. Listen carefully. It says this, Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only leads to evil doing. Mm. Right? So that anger, it just it, it leads to us doing wrong and, and doing things that God would not have us to do. Yeah, you rarely hear people say, man, I got so angry and that led to me doing this really good thing. Uh, it's, it's usually the complete opposite. So that, that psalm is very... Very, very relevant there. Ephesians 4.31 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. And then Colossians 3.8 says a similar thing, but now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. So, I mean, Jesus speaks clearly, uh, and the whole New Testament speaks clearly against using our words for really anything other than uh, truth and encouragement. So when it comes with anger, when there's malice, slander, like if that's what you're going to say, it's pretty clear scripturally, don't say those things. And the less you say those things, the less verbal fights and potentially physical fights you're going to get yourself into. Absolutely. Um, and, and then Titus 3.9 says, avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, quarrels, but the law they're unprofitable and worthless. And so many times we get into fights and, and debates and arguments and allow our anger to control us in such a way that Paul's saying it's foolish and it's ultimately worthless, ridiculous uh, sorts of things that we're fighting over. And it shouldn't be that way. We don't need to be doing that sort of thing. God has called us to so much greater and better. And so it's foolish to behave that way. Mm-hmm. So next, I think we, we want to look at the question and the caveat, really. What about defense of others or self-defense when it comes to fighting? Now, mm. yes, yeah, so is there a good type of fighting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there a good type of fighting, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. you know, we covered this a long time ago. One of our first episodes when we talked about should Christians carry uh, a, a, firearm. a firearm, right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. and we we spent plenty of time talking in self defense there. So if you guys haven't listened to that one, you can get even more there and just check that one out. And there's another podcast we did about war and oh, what's yep. like the biblical perspective of war that I think would also be applicable in this way. Yeah, but um, in, in the meantime, we'll we'll cover some of the verses that we we probably would have covered in there as well. 
Uh, but with this, Proverbs 3.30 says, Do not contend with a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. I think that is a great verse. Don't be that one that starts things up. Yep. Don't, don't don't pick initiate. a fight. Mm-hmm. And even I think that would apply to if somebody says something they ought not say, I think this still applies. Don't go and start fighting with him just because he said something mean. Yeah. Well, it uh, hurt my feelings. That's yep. not the harm this is talking about. Yep. It's some other trying to do you bodily, physical harm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, don't be an instigator. Yep. <laughs> there's, there's not a lot of grace when you're the instigator. Uh, Proverbs 31 verses 8 and 9 says, Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and needy. So here we get this, the picture of, okay, we're, people are being told to defend or to stand up for those who can't stand up for themselves. You got the mute, the ones who aren't able to speak for themselves, the ones who are poor and needy. Proverbs says, defend them. And, and that could very much turn into a fight in certain cases. But I mean, we see this throughout history of there's... I think when we talked about war, like some of the more just wars are ones where people, innocent people are being harmed and attacked for no reason. And then it, somebody's got to have the responsibility to step up and defend them. And I think in that case, we would do that. And I think for guys like me and you, Jackie, we have kids that would definitely fall into this, especially, you know, my mm-hmm. daughters are three and one. If somebody were to attack them. Oh, I'd, yeah, I, I'd be whooping up. We, we absolutely, I don't think it's just like we have a right to defend them. We have the responsibility to defend yeah. them yep. um, by whatever means necessary. Yeah. In fact, we'd be in, we'd be in sin if we weren't doing yep. that. Yep. Yeah. And, and I think too, it's important also to remember that Brandon's question was twofold. Should we control our tempers and avoid all physical altercations? I think always control temper. We looked at all way, all these different ways that anger is sinful. We just covered all that, mm-hmm. but now we're getting into the. It may not be, um, it may not be all physical alterta- altercations that we should avoid. Uh, one example: Moses uh, in Exodus chapter two. Uh, it tells us that Moses saw one of his brethren, one of the Hebrews, uh, being uh, beaten, and so he went and defended him. He struck down the Egyptian, and, and the Egyptian died. He killed him, um, and it says he hit him in the sand and. On the surface, it may sound like there was something really nefarious there. It was extremely sinful. But if you fast forward into the Newer Testament and you have Stephen, one of the first ever deacons that uh, were ordained there in Acts chapter 6, in Acts chapter 7, he's preaching. And in his preaching, he explains uh, why Moses did it. And it says in Acts 7, verse 24, that he defended the oppressed man and avenged him by striking down the Egyptian. And it says that he goes on and says that he supposed that his brothers would understand that God was giving them salvation by his hand. So, so Moses there was doing very much what you read in Proverbs 31. He was defending the rights of the oppressed, the destitute, the poor, the needy. This man was being beaten, maybe even close to being beaten to death. And no, uh, Moses went uh, to rescue him. And uh, so there could be times where we do need to um, enter into maybe a physical altercation if it's to rescue someone who can't rescue themselves, mm-hmm. but that's very rare. And and even so we ought not be doing it out of anger. Yeah. We, I, I feel like that situation you see more in movies and TV shows, you know, for the sake of drama, I'm sure it does happen in real life, but uh, definitely gets played up. I think a little bit in uh, some of those dramas where some, you know, knight in shining armor comes in and rescues some, some woman, well, you know, me and you on a mission trip had a, had a physical altercation one time where oh, that's true. Where you and uh, another one of our pastors had to kind of take down someone who was coming at me trying to hurt me. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's, that's it's true. Definitely been there. And Jack, Jackie is weak and helpless, and he needed us. I, so. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I did. I did get punched in the face and get my glasses knocked off, <laughs> so did. I couldn't really see what was <laughs> going see, on. Yeah. But <laughs> you, you took the brunt of the hit. Yeah. Me and our other pastor uh, were able to steer clear of that. So appreciate that one. Oh yeah, yeah. I took I took one for the team. Uh, Exodus 22, verse 2 and 3 says this, If the thief is caught while breaking in and is struck so that he dies, there will be no blood guiltiness on his account. But if the sun has risen on him, there will be blood guiltiness on his account. He shall surely make restitution. If he owns nothing, then he shall be sold for his theft. The, the main point in bringing this one up is just to show that there's this assumption of property, and with that assumption of property, that people are uh, have the right in in Exodus and God's law to defend themselves, their property, because mm-hmm. again, this is the thief is caught breaking in. Yeah. Um, home and, invader. And yeah. so when, when that home invader, that home invasion happens, you have every right to defend yourself, which yep. could absolutely bring up a fight. But then it's saying, but if, if you go back afterwards, right, the sun has risen on him, you're going back to go get the guy. Now yeah, we're now in we're revenge. Retur- exactly. And that's, uh, and revenge that's is saying that's a problem. Absolutely. Uh, Romans 13, uh, we're very familiar with that. We've used this passage many times. But it talks about being subject to the governing authorities and that no authority exists except those that have been established by God. And it goes on to explain that they're a minister of God for good, uh, verse uh, 3 and 4. But he says, but if you do evil, be afraid of them, for God does not bear the sword for nothing, for he's a minister of God, an avenger to bring wrath on those who practice evil. And we know through that, uh, should, should Christians carry a firearm kind of thing, we talked about this and how this is essentially saying that if your law, if there's self-defense laws and things like that, that's definitely consistent with this passage of Scripture and a mm-hmm. biblical worldview to defend yourself if need be. And again, this has nothing to do with anger. If you're acting out of anger and it's sort of retaliation kind of thing, I think that's always going to be sinful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is more of you have no other choice, no other option, and it may have to get physical. And um, there is there is room for that with the biblical worldview. Yep. And I think just to speak on that, then when, when we go back to Brandon's question with that racer, now I, I'm not familiar with that exact thing, but if he got out of his car and went over to pick a fight with another guy, that's, I would say, that's sinful. yeah, that, uh, that's, yeah. that's gonna be hard to justify his self-defense there when you went to him. Also, um, we, as we read earlier in Romans, do everything to live at peace with everyone. Yep. Right. So I don't think that's what that, that is. Yep. And, uh, so when it comes to the physical altercations or the fights, or that, that always should be the absolute last resort after everything else has been tried. So I think next, Jackie, you just brought it up about sinful anger, right? And so I think we want to look at how to refrain from sinful anger and make sure we aren't sinful in our reactions. And that's why Brandon's question was so good, because yep. it wasn't just what does the Bible say about this, but then how do I deal with this and, and keep from doing this? Yeah, because even, yeah, maybe maybe you aren't out there and getting in physical altercations all the time, but you have an anger within you that... Makes Might you lead want to. to. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You may just think you're going to lose the fight or something, or you don't want to, you know, get a, a charge against you. But uh, I think we definitely need to address anger because that's really the many times the root of um, unjust fighting. Absolutely, and, and, and particularly yeah. on, on social media, because what happens is instead of having a person right there in front of you, um, there's the screen. Yep. And you don't think you're treat. You forget that it's a person. Yeah. Someone creating the image of God, and then you start saying things that you wouldn't say to their face. Yep. And uh, it's fueled by anger, and, and we're going to look at a lot of stuff that can help with that. So Ephesians 6.12 says this, and I think this is the key for, for so much here, R- really just in the Christian life, and it says this, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, mm-hmm. but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. It, having the perspective that people are not our enemies is huge. Because when we think people are all of our enemies, then we go and attack those people or yep. defend from those people. But the truth is, Satan is the enemy. 
He has always been the enemy. Yep. Now he uses people in different ways, but the battle is always against Satan. And we don't know that those people that Satan are using, they, they have every opportunity to hear the gospel and be changed too. I mean, we, before we were saved, we're in that same boat. We're enemies of God. We're enemies of Christ as well. But praise God that we were given grace so that we could be saved, that we could be on his team in this. So I just think that is so critical that the battle is not against other people. Um, it is always against flesh and blood. Something that we need to remember, especially when it comes election time, and we like to uh, call everybody our enemy when they, you know, when they don't vote have a different the, way. Yeah, vote a different way. Exactly. And and, and also that pass or that 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 verse you just read in Ephesians six twelve is sort of the introduction to the armor of God. Yeah, I'm it's just glad a reminder. You, that up. you know, we can't. Yeah, it's just a reminder that we we can't be expected to fight spiritual battles in the physical realm the virtual realm or the verbal realm. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we're not even going to win those battles. Uh, We're not even fighting on the same battlefield if we're doing that. And so that's a a great passage. I'm glad that you brought that one up right away. James 1, 19 through 21, listen to this. James says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. So stop there just for a second. That's verse 19. James one key key things there focus on listening, focus on being patient, slow to speak and slow to anger. Um, you know, it, when we, when we go with haste and we react rather than try to carefully, thoughtfully, lovingly respond, we end up in sin. That's why James then James then says in verse 20, he says the anger of God, excuse me, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So there, your anger, our temper, is it's never going to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, he says in verse 21, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. So instead of what we feel or what we think in the moment or whatever, we need to be looking, okay, what does God have to say about this? And God have his word direct us. Uh, Proverbs 19.11 says, good sense, so this is right along with what James just says, good sense makes one slow to anger and is to his glory to overlook an offense. So we don't have to get involved in every time, every time someone offends us, we don't have to jump in on that. Um, we, it's okay to forgive. In fact, it is, it is glorious. It is righteous. It is God honoring to overlook minor offenses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that overlooking an offense, that's a, that's yeah. a challenging one for many. Uh, for sure, but uh, I love that it's in Proverbs there. James or uh, Jesus hits the same things, which mm-hmm. you're going to get at next, doing the same sort of thing. Yeah, Matthew, in Matthew 5, a couple different passages here, but starting in verse 38 and 39, it says, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him <laughs> the other also. <laughs> That's right? overlooking offense, right? Yeah, yeah. We People like to use that one and say, look, Jesus is a pacifist. I don't think that's what his point is in that, but how often we get offended in in minor ways to the point of right the the slap on the right cheek is yes it's offensive somebody's hitting you in the face and whether it's that's physically or uh verbally or yep. emotionally or whatever yeah that it hurts nobody's saying it doesn't hurt but uh what it looks like to forgive and not retaliate that that's really what he's getting at and for for clarity's sake i mean this isn't punching right so it slaps you it's more of an insult particularly in that culture this mm-hmm. was an insult and so um, it could be a push in our culture. It could just be verbal, as you're, as you're alluding to. But, yeah, we just overlooked that insult. Mm-hmm. Move on. It's not a reason to fight. 
And then just a few verses later in verse 30, or excuse me, 43 and 44, it says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. One of the, probably one of the tougher commands in all of the Bible when it comes to loving your enemies, but that when you pray, we've talked about this, Jackie, when you pray for those who persecute you, you pray for those who wrong you, it's kind of hard to stay mad at them and have anger over them when you're praying for them. Yeah, especially praying good things for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, praying like, good things, not just praying yeah, that they, yeah. you know, that God, they be destroyed them, or dead yeah. or something. <laughs> that, that, that's a little different. But praying good things, praying for grace and love and mercy on them. Praying that we return to Jesus or come to Jesus for the very first time. Yeah, not, not only does it, well, God's obviously, Jesus is instructing us to do it, but even for our own good, uh, I mean, I know how I feel when I'm hanging on to anger, uh, that it ruins my day. It upsets everything. But yeah. when you can let that go and forgive and pray for those who hurt you just for your own, I mean, just for your own psyche and, and how you live is just so much more peaceful. And that's ultimately what God you know, wants. He, that, that peace that surpasses all understanding comes from praying and, and relying on the Lord. Yeah. So you definitely pointed out right there. I love, I love we included that because praying in the midst of these things is one way to help avoid those sorts of situations, the temper, keep that in control. Not the natural thing when you're angry is to right. want to pray. Exactly. But that's what Jesus tells us to do. And another thing Jesus tells us to do, Luke 6, 31, is the golden rule. Treat others the same way you want them to treat you. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, we, if we live by that and apply that scripture, I mean, that's going to change how we interact with so many people. Luke 6, 35 through 36, so just a few verses later, Jesus says, love your enemies and do good. Lend and expect nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you'll be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful even as your Heavenly Father is merciful. So not only should you treat other people the way you want them to treat you, but you also, if you're a Christian, should be treating other people the way that God has treated you. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jesus is saying. And so we definitely uh, need to do that through the power of the Holy Spirit because we can't do this in our own strength. Mm-hmm. And that's where that prayer comes in again. Lord, help me do this. Yeah, and speaking even more on anger, Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 says, Be angry, and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not give the devil an opportunity. Mm. And I think, you know, when he's saying that there, when, when you carry, again, how I was just saying how you feel with anger, when you carry that anger uh, and and let the sun go down on your anger, you wake up with that. Like, that. that's not the way that you ought to be waking up. And when it talks about giving the devil an opportunity, the longer you sit and you stew in your anger without what you just said, praying about it, giving it to Jesus— the more likely you are to sin. Ephesians shows us be angry. So so you can be angry. It it is an emotion. Um, you can be angry without but sinning. But yeah, re- repent of that and don't let that turn into uh, a sinful action that it generally becomes. Just like the Proverbs verse we read, where it says it's like a dam building up. Yep. And so break it, uh, quit the quarrel, or drop it before it bursts. Yeah. That's what this passage of Ephesians is getting it. Don't let the sun go down your anger. Don't let it build up and then burst. Yeah, because we're going to see injustices in, in the world and things that happen or happen to our family and get angry about it. And that's normal and natural and okay. But what you do with that anger, how you deal with that anger is really what this is getting at more. And then Ephesians 4.32, after that says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. That Pretty straightforward. Uh, Matthew 18 also tells us how to handle this. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but verses 15 through 17, in particular, it says, if a brother sins, go to him and show his fault in private. And if he listens, you've won your brother over. And if you go through that whole process there, dealing with conflict, and I think we've used this in other other pods before. But the idea there is that the motivation should be to win them back. Your Mm -hmm. motivation needs to be, I love them. I don't want to have a right relationship with them. And you go to them in hopes of having restoration. You're not going there to 
to fight. You know, when you when you do initiate something, it's more of, hey, let's get this right. I want to have a right relationship with you. I'm sorry for what I've done, and you know, you're going to restore. You're not going to fight, mm-hmm. and uh, that needs to be your motivation. Yeah, and then Romans 12 again. You read the the first couple of verses, I think, in in 17 and 18 earlier when talking about not paying back evil for evil, yep. and as far as it depends on you, be at peace with all people. But then from there. It says in verse 19, never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. It's, it's such an interesting way to say it, because when we're doing the right thing, he, he, he's quoting their Old Testament. You you heap these burning coals on their head because People people don't want that. Like if I'm wronging you, how can you how can you do right? It probably makes them feel guilty because mm-hmm. once you fight fire with fire, then everything is justified. But if you fight fire with grace, it's like what what are you doing, man? Come on, I'm I'm trying to fight yeah. you. And and so what we're reminded there is when people wrong us, God is the ultimate judge. So if they don't repent, if they don't turn from that, God, God's going to get them. But yeah. as long as they're here, again, they're like what we were before we knew Jesus. And we yep. I, I'm glad that we still have grace that we still have hope um, in yeah. Jesus as long as we're here on earth. And as hard as that is at times, again, our enemies are not people. They are, it is Satan. And so we ought to show and extend grace to these people because we never know if, you know, they'll accept that, that gracious gift of God. Right. And I don't want anyone to misunderstand what you're saying too. Cause you said, you know, when we fight fire with fire, everything is justified. And what you're meaning by that is in our own minds. Yeah. Yeah. Our yeah sorry. Yeah. We feel, we feel justified. Yeah, we feel justified in it, but, but you know, it, it it's not justified in yeah, God's eyes. Yeah, yeah. Just make sure no one's you no know, hearing what we're not saying. Yeah. We're, don't, you know, we're, we're not saying that, that this is justified. We're just saying that in our own minds, our own hearts, we think, oh, yeah, I'm going to fight fire with fire. It's justified that eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. But Jesus said, love your enemies. Um, lastly, Exodus 14, 4 is another key one. It says this, the Lord will fight for you. You only have to be silent. And, and that is uh, when God was telling the people through Moses and when the Egyptians were coming, he's like, you know, don't worry about this. God has got this. Mm-hmm. Well, that's still true today. You know, God is the one who's going to avenge. He's the one who's going to take care of you. Just read that passage. It just said that vengeance is mine. It says, Lord, mm-hmm. I will repay. We just need to trust God. Trust God mm-hmm. with it and give it to him and let it go. So, so far, Jackie, as we've talked about fighting, really the only circumstance to this point that we've come up with the fighting is for self-defense and defense of others. Who, who need it, um, who, who can't defend themselves. Right, and not based out of anger yep, or retaliation, anger. but really out of necessity yep. when, when it, in those rare circumstances where that does take place. Yeah. And the other thing that we see in Scripture is that we should fight is what's called the good fight that we see in yep. Scripture. Fight the good fight. And we, we see that uh, really in uh, the book of, both books of Timothy, starting in 1 Timothy 1.8, as Paul is speaking to him, 118. Says, or 1, excuse me, yep. yep, 118. Uh, says Paul says this command I entrust to you Timothy my son in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you that by them you will fight the good fight so take take what I'm saying to help you fight the good fight of faith and then uh, again in chapter six verse twelve he says fight the good fight of the faith take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses mm-hmm. so when he's speaking about the good fight that is fighting for the faith fighting against sin. Um, yep. You know, Temptation and, and, and all that all that comes with yeah. that, with you know, being part of the church, being part of fellowship, and and fighting against the enemy again. That's not flesh and blood, but that is a fight that we ought to fight every day. And I actually like you brought up the armor of God earlier. Yes, like this is where the armor of God is pointing to that fight that we get prepared for every day. We're in this war, and every day is another battle, yep. spiritual another battle. warfare. That's what yep. we're getting prepared for. But 
as you know as well as anybody, that that's something that we rarely get prepared for. Yep. How, how often I just heard in a sermon uh, yesterday that the, the pastor was talking about a lot of Christians walk out into battle with just the helmet of salvation. They, they're saved, <laughs> but that's about it. They don't go with anything else. And then we wonder why life is so hard. Yeah. When you go out naked into battle, you're going you're gonna to get hit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and just to sum up that last part about fight the good fight, uh, Paul in 2 Timothy 4, 7, as he's close to death because he's going to be executed shortly after he wrote this, uh, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. And so this isn't a fight that's fought in, uh, based on temper, anger, retaliation, vengeance, any of that. It's based on following Jesus with faithfulness, love, uh, wanting to pursue him with all else. And so fighting the temptations of my own life, fighting against sin, finishing the course, you know, fighting mm-hmm. that fight in such a way that I'm doing what God has called me to. I'm running that race that he has marked out for me. I have kept that faith. That's the fight we all need to be fighting. And uh, when we do that, uh, we're living in such a way that honors honors mm-hmm. God. And and so looking at Brandon's question then, we'll make, make sure to be able to, to – um, not do the sort of thing that he saw on TV that day and, and initiate that kind of interaction, but rather mm-hmm. um, we're following Jesus humbly and treating people with grace and love. So to summarize all of this, uh, I think we'd say fighting in itself is not wrong. The intention behind the fight is the key. In most cases for Christians, physically fighting or even verbally fighting is not a good witness or a way to represent Christ. Mm-hmm. In the case of self-defense or defending the innocent, fighting back is often necessary. When offended, Christians ought to strive for peace and to turn the other cheek in the words of Jesus. Just because we get our feelings hurt does not give us a biblical right to punch someone in the face, even if they may deserve it. (laughs) Jesus was wrongfully accused and beaten for a crime he didn't commit and took it all anyways. If he can do that, we as people who are striving to imitate Christ ought to be able to resist physically or verbally assaulting someone when our feelings are hurt or an insult goes over the line. God promises that he will ultimately repay those who commit evil against us with the punishment they deserve. But until that point, we are called to pray for, minister to, and share the gospel with those who wrong us. We would argue it's tough to share the love of Jesus with someone while pushing them to the ground, hitting them in the face, or attacking them with your words. So when it comes to fighting, our goal should be, the, our goal should be to fight the good fight of faith, remembering that our battle is not against other people of this world, but against the powers of darkness and sin that desperately tries to entangle us. Mm-hmm. Amen. That concludes today's show. Thank you so much for listening, and we appreciate your support. God bless, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the 1717 Podcast. If you have any questions, please connect with us on Twitter or email us at 1717pod at gmail.com.